Welcome to our podcast. I'm joined by Kevin Yaney, the author of the Fourth of July trilogy, which are historical fiction novels set at the time of the Civil War. So, Kevin, your books talk a lot about abolitionists. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the most interesting characters is Reverend James Franklin Turner, who has taken a radical approach to abolishing slavery. It seems that anything goes with him, and there is no line he will not cross. Were abolitionists really like that before the Civil War? You know, they really were. Um, And I suppose there are, to be fair, there are layers of abolitionists. Okay. So we, um, there would be people who spoke out against slavery, and mm-hmm. they would uh, make speeches or they would write. There was a lot of writing at that mm-hmm. time, a lot of publishing. Okay. <clears throat> Newspapers that were strictly abolitionist. <clears throat> and so um, people you would know from history, Frederick Douglass. Yes. Sojourner Truth, yeah. uh, people who had been slaves mm-hmm. that um, spoke out against it, other people who uh, helped their cause. And so there right. was a lot of, of writing and, um, and such uh, that happened uh, during that time. Yeah. Um, then kind of the next level of that um, would be uh, maybe a, a people who took a little bit more radical approach. Uh, the Underground Railroad. Correct, yeah. So there were people who would actually hide slaves, Mm -hmm. and this is where we get into a lot of the Quakers. Yeah. Um, As a religion, uh, they did not believe in slavery, and they took a very active role. Um, So you could could talk about people like uh, Levi Coffin. Right. Uh, pretty popular Here in Indiana, exactly. Yeah. Uh, from Richmond, Indiana, mm-hmm. and later from Cincinnati, and yeah. Levi would actually uh, go down into Kentucky mm-hmm. and find slaves and help them find their way. Um, right. You know, and so you you would uh, Harriet Tubman, yes, another person, a former slave that would go out and find slaves yeah. and lead them to. She would freedom. return several times to go get. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you had these people that would actually seek them out. You mm-hmm. had people that would hide them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, throughout the north, I mean, we're sitting in a place uh, not far from where this is very, very active. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, you had a lot of that. But there was another layer that really kind of came out of the 1850s, okay. that decade prior to the Civil War, mm-hmm. um, that became very radicalized. And violent, extremely violent. Okay. Um, and so they would um, they would go out and actually kill people um, that were opposed to their their viewpoint. We okay. would call them terrorists today. Okay. Uh, that would terrorize people who had a, a viewpoint different than theirs, mm-hmm. and they kind of looked at we're going to abolish slavery by any means possible. Right. Um, amongst them, and it was kind of interesting as the 1850s rolled out. So you had a you had a presidential election that happened in 1856. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Buchanan was a Northern Democrat. He is going to win the presidency. Mm-hmm. One of the worst presidents we ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, it, it, instead of uh, appeasing, what he tried to do was appease the slavery. Um, um, argument. Okay. He actually made it much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, his uh, main opponent in that race was a guy named uh, John C. Fremont. 
And Fremont, we talked about before, yeah. but born in South Carolina, but born to an abolitionist family in the South. It's interesting yeah. that he came from the South. Yeah. Uh, but he and his wife, uh, Jesse Benton Fremont, uh, were very much in the forefront of the abolitionist movement, the radical abolitionist movement. In fact, in 1856, um, the political party, the Republican Party, was born, and John C. Fremont was the what was known as the radical Republican uh, candidate for president. Okay. Um, and he came in second place. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people just couldn't stomach they might be against slavery, sure, but they certainly didn't want the oh the violence that right. came with this. Yes, and so, uh, but Fremont and Jesse Benton Fremont saw the the uh, the radicalization as being something that was just needed, mm-hmm. and that slavery was not going to go away without violence. Yeah, without a fight. Yes, and and you know, as the Civil War rolled out, that became very very. True. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway, it, it's interesting um, Fremont's response to a lot of things because he didn't do anything halfway. He was all in. Yeah. And so when the Civil War broke out, he was part of the military. He was uh, named – now, Missouri was a slaveholding state. Correct. But Missouri stayed with the Union. You had some states that were slaveholding states that became known as border states. Wow. And they would be um, um, Missouri, as we mentioned, Kentucky, stayed with the Union, Delaware, and Maryland. Those are the four. And then later in the, uh, in, in the Civil War, West Virginia broke away from Virginia. Mm-hmm. But West Virginia also was slaveholding until right up before the end of the war. Okay. Um, so they, they, I suppose, could be the fifth slaveholding state mm-hmm. that would be considered a border state. Well, one of the things that happened right at the beginning of the war was Fremont, uh, who had a lot of political influence, uh, had himself named as the military governor of Missouri. Uh, well, he's 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 this uh, radical, uh, you know, abolitionist, this yeah. radical Republican, and he is in a slaveholding state. Yeah, and so he sent out an edict, basically emancipating all the slaves of Missouri. Wow! That President Abraham Lincoln had to come back and rescind. Yeah. Because the fear was, from Lincoln's standpoint, he could not... 11 states had already left the Union. Yeah. He couldn't allow any more to go. Yeah. So he had to put up with slavery in these border states to keep them in the Union, or so he felt, um, so that they did not leave and go with the uh, the Southern states, the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Fremont was... You know, incensed by all of this, but Fremont eventually was uh, Abraham Lincoln just relieved him of his duty as okay. you know, as a commander in chief. He 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 took Fremont's uh, yeah. power away. But one of the things that happened during Fremont's time is he formed a uh, a group of spies, and he named these spies after his wife. So they became known as the Jesse Scouts. Um. So anyway, um, this is where history doesn't record everything these people did. Right. Um, we do know a few things about them. Okay. They were um, 
they were military, so they were soldiers on the Union side. What they did was they took on Confederate uniforms, and they actually crossed over and intermingled with uh, the Confederates to figure out what was going on, what their plans were, and to thwart a lot of things that were happening. So they might, uh, for instance, ambush somebody who was carrying a message from one camp to the other, yeah, um, and, um, and and take take their uh, whatever they had, mm-hmm. report it back to the union side, but also um, come back and maybe change those those plans, the messages, the messages, right. In fact, in the, at the the second Battle of Bull Run, or uh, in the South, it's called the Second Battle of Manassas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were there were uh, different groups of uh, Confederate uh, of the Confederate armies that were trying to get to uh, Manassas Junction for the fight that was going to happen there. Yeah. And there's there's records of Jesse scouts um, ambushing. Uh, these these guys who were carrying messages from one part of the army to the other on the Confederate yeah. side, changing the orders, telling them that the Union was someplace they weren't to try to get to divert them. Yeah. And or, um, don't come here. You don't need to be here. We're yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they they were uh, they and there was one gentleman in particular who was caught, a young man, and he was hanged for mm-hmm. uh being a spy yeah so to be caught behind enemy lines in a confederate uniform when you were actually a union uh, a union soldier um you you were going to get you're going to yeah. be executed yeah um if you just got caught as a union soldier yeah then you became a prisoner right you became a prisoner of war but if they caught you as a spy you were going to be hanged yeah on both sides um so there was a lot of spying that went on now, the question becomes, um, you had this group of people, these Jesse Scouts, that was formed by a couple who were radical abolitionists. Yeah. So in the books, these kind of intermingle with each other. Yeah. These people who are spies are actually out uh, freeing slaves, too, by okay. any means possible. So um, there's a question of... Were these spies really abolitionists too? Right. And maybe they were. But I just know from my reading of what John C. Fremont and his wife Jesse did, it would not surprise me right. at all that they were actually going into the Deep South dressed as, conf- yeah, mm-hmm. dressed as Confederate soldiers and freeing slaves yeah. and getting them out of there. Telling him the way to the Underground Railroad, all of those things. Exactly right. Yeah. Helping him out that way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it remains to be seen. We'll never know for sure. Yeah. But um, that, that certainly is uh, uh, the way I wrote the books. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it makes for a great story, <laughs> yes, too. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for tuning into this podcast. If you want more information on Kevin Yaney and the 4th of July Trilogy books, please go to www.4thofjulybook.com. For Kevin Yaney, I'm Selena Helvey.